It's recruiting madness in full swing. We're talking with John Garcia of Sports Illustrated to make sure you have the latest and greatest when it comes to record recruiting information. Plus, we'll talk Marcus Allen today. Hey, you are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, we have John Garcia of Sports Illustrated. He is our recruiting insider when it comes to the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're going to dive in with him on some names to keep in mind moving forward in this recruitment process because recruiting is in full swing. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube so you can join the community and build up what we're building here. We're going to be doing live shows later in the basketball season as well as all of next football season. So definitely want to get subscribe on that one and follow wherever you get your podcast. But let's wait no further. We're jumping in with some recruiting talk and we'll close off with the new transfer coming in, Marcus Allen. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, I'm host Kane Rob, and I'm joined by John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting with Sports Illustrated and our insider on recruiting when it comes to the Locked On College Football Network. So we've got a lot to talk about. There's still a lot of question marks all over the Gophers. I know I shot you some names on some guys that we're interested in, but I'm wondering what you're hearing about um, some recruits on the Gophers boards or that are still considering the Gophers. Well, should I start with the commit, right? Darius Taylor, the yes. Minnesota commit, you know, really interesting, right? Having a huge, huge senior season, early enrollee. Uh, so he's coming down to the wire here uh, as, as one of the best running backs in, in the Big Ten or committed to play in the Big Ten. And, and then Michigan offers, right? He's a Michigan kid. I know, I could imagine the uh, gopher fan reaction when, when that one went down. But look, I think, I still think there's a lot of, of reason to believe that Darius is pretty darn solid. Obviously the running back legacy of Minnesota speaks for itself. I mean, just, I mean, look at Ibrahim this year. I mean, just absurd numbers. Every time you think, Oh, this, this is going to be the off game. It just <laughs> never happens. Um, that That's something that obviously, you know, Taylor's got to be just, uh, you know, drooling and salivating over in, in terms of trying to jump into it. And then conversely with Michigan, although obviously uh, ahead on the field, they've got multiple running backs committed already. Um, and, and there's still a, a lot of star power in that running back room right now going forward uh, under Jim Harbaugh. So I do think that the path to Minnesota is, is a little bit clearer for Darius Taylor. And, and look, he's still going back to campus a bunch. Uh, he still calls it home. Uh, so I do still feel like Minnesota's got the ball in its court with Taylor, but it's certainly one you should still keep an eye on on signing day because other schools are trying to work some of those Michigan verbal commitments at running back. So if something shakes there, then maybe Taylor uh, becomes even more of a priority for Mike Hart and that coaching staff. He has visited, so something to watch. But I do still think today he's most likely to end up uh, sticking with the Gophers. 
Perfect. Yeah, no, you love to hear that. I know, especially when he got that Michigan offer, like you had mentioned with Darius Taylor, fans were chaotic. They were scared. They were nervous. So it'll be good to kind of hear that outside perspective as well. But let's talk about some some guys that still haven't committed anywhere that have the Gophers at least in consideration. Uh, two, one, two names that really stand out to me are Asa Newsom and Marjavius Moss. What are you hearing or what are you seeing from guys like that? Well, yeah, uh, you know, Newsom is an uh, intriguing athlete, right? Big, physical, downhill linebacker, but he can do so many other things uh, coming out of Iowa. And I think that's that's really where a lot of that conversation begins, right? The Hawkeyes have been right in the thick of it, just like Minnesota has. So a lot of people are starting to view this one as a back and forth between the two. Um, K-State has just tried to sneak in there. They're, they're a bit of a dark horse in that regard. But, you know, Newsom is saying all the right things about all three schools. And it's coming down to the wire. We know he wants to get this thing done here soon. So he's going to take one more visit this weekend. Uh, and, and I think he's going to wrap up the process. I think he probably commits before December 21st, before that early signing period. Uh, so I do think that uh, it's right. It's a coin flip right now between him staying home and, and playing for the Hawkeyes or, or going out of state with Minnesota or, or less likely K-State. Uh, right now, I think it's truly a coin flip between the Hawkeyes and the Gophers. And, and there's always some there's always some credence uh, just in recruiting that if you're an in-state kid and you're feeling the in-state school and they've been your school for a long time, you usually jump on board pretty early. Um, so talking about an uncommitted Iowan in, you know, on Thanksgiving week is, is not something we always talk about in recruiting. So I do think the doors legitimately open for Minnesota here. Um, you know, they've lost a commitment at the position. So naturally the need might be bigger for the Gophers than, than the in-state Hawkeyes. And I do know that, uh, that Newsom is, is feeling that kind of love and energy from Fleck and the rest of the staff. Awesome. Awesome. And then do you, have you heard anything on Marjavius Moss down South uh, safety prospect? He he's kind of in wait and see mode, right? His okay. his his big three schools have been the same big three, right? It's been uh, Minnesota, it's been uh, UTSA, and it's been Oklahoma State. I mean, those three really since the summer you could point to as the the three true contenders for him. Uh, he recently took that UTSA official visit, so I'm, I'm sure regionally they feel like they they've got a better opportunity to keep him close to home. There are a lot of Louisianans on that UTSA coaching staff. So I think that's something if geography comes to play will, will be a big factor for him, but, but other schools are starting to circle back on Moss. So he could be a bubble guy for some sec schools. And I think that could really open this recruitment all the way up. So I, I think Minnesota has done a really nice job here. I would say they're probably more consistent than Oklahoma state with him. Uh, but UTSA does have that regional pull, but the question for him, I think is going to end up do any of these sec schools come calling particularly in state right. LSU, obviously, right. With the year that they've had under Brian Kelly, which is still weird to say that's going to be an offer. If it comes, that's going to be very hard to say no to. We've heard Auburn circling on him. So depending on that hire and, and how that board shakes out, he could be an Auburn Tiger target as well. So uh, for a DB in Louisiana, if the SEC comes calling, it could be all she wrote. But there's a lot of great DBs in, in that part of the country. Uh, and there's, there's kind of a crop that LSU and Auburn and Georgia and some of these other schools are still looking at. No offers in yet for Moss. So that's really what you need to watch from the Minnesota perspective. Um, and again, does geography pull him to UTSA? I think it'd be a bit of an upset 
in recruiting, picking that school over a couple of power five options. Um, but that's that's what it could shake out to be uh, with Moss. But again, Minnesota, from its perspective, has really done everything right. And it's something Moss has noted in multiple interviews. Like, hey, I, I really respect them from coming down uh, all the way from up north to, to Shreveport, Louisiana, to court me. It's something that he reciprocated with an official visit. And I know the, the communication has still been consistent. This is a, a PJ Fleck target. This is a guy he is recruiting personally. Uh, so I do think that matters compared to other schools when Moss makes that final analysis. Awesome. And on a similar note, I am curious, just you personally, having been in the recruiting things for quite a while now, what do you think about PJ Fleck and your thoughts on him and how he does in recruiting? Are you do you do you hear around that it's it's genuinely a good approach or car salesmen we hear from people all the time what are your thoughts when it comes to the recruiting that you've seen from minnesota since pj has been around i think it's been bold um you you minnesota i would say out of outside of the 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 big 10 schools that can go anywhere right ohio state i would i would probably throw michigan in that conversation outside of the obvious i would say minnesota projects boldly compared to others in terms of where they recruit we're just talking about a kid from shreveport louisiana they're down in florida they're heavy in georgia they're all over the country texas that they're doing that without true ties to those states in terms of precedent and history uh, and they're doing it successfully you're not winning every battle but you're contending for some some really legitimate prospects so even if you're a car salesman to bring that consistent level of energy and and push that out to your assistants, I do still think there's something to be said for that. It's it's kind of the, the nice blend of old school, we're just going to do the work, and new school, hey, we're going to work younger while we're doing it, so we're able to resonate a little bit more with these kids, and I think that's why, I mean, I hadn't scanned the commitment list, but I mean, how many different states are represented? At least, you know, seven, eight, nine states, you know, that says a lot about a school, again, typically that doesn't really stretch beyond the Midwest uh, you know, under previous staff. So I do think he's easy fodder, I guess, for, for those who are trying to come at Minnesota, but there, there's still talent acquisition going down across the country, which at Minnesota is a feat in and of itself. Right. Definitely preach on that. I feel like I have to let the listeners know that quite often when they're talking about coaching changes or when they're talking about like, well, we're still in the 35s for overall class and things. It's like, okay, but you got to think about where we are and how that relates to if you're going and talking to all these kids in the South, trying to get them to come to cold Minnesota, that has a factor to it. It does. And how you connect with those kids goes a long way to get them to then come and check out a game in the cold and think to themselves, can I play in this? Can I do this? for four years. So it's definitely a factor to keep in mind. Now, that being said, the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, like you said, sometimes outside of maybe Penn State and Michigan at times, there's not a whole lot of passing in the Big Ten. There's not a whole lot of like high-powered passing offenses. You see it in spurts maybe with Purdue as well. But how do you think that plays with wide receiver recruits? I know that's a huge question with the Minnesota fans here is that we're running the ball so much to Mo Ibrahim. Why would a wide receiver recruit want to even consider us? Or how do we get into those type of conversations? Do you have any thoughts on that at all? 
Yeah, well, look, you understand the coaching staff doing that right now because you got to try to win, right? So if that's your your best bet, you, you throw your best pitch, you know, in, in the most critical moments there. But yeah, I, I do think perception is important in recruiting, and and there is that perception that hey. Big 10 in general is going to be downhill. It's going to be cold. It's going to be physical. And that works for so many position groups. But receivers really the one where, I mean, you could stretch that thing to Notre Dame, to, to a bunch of schools where you're still like, where's the juice there? You know, I, I do think that's a popular question in, in that part of the country. It's just, it just takes one guy though. It takes one player to start a, to start to flip that on its head, particularly if, if, if he's a down South type kid uh, that, that could help. Um, but, you know, I, I do think you have to understand that the team's trying to win. And, and if that's your best pitch, you got to throw it. So I think, going forward, you could see how that changes, right? You know, the, there's there's always a desire to throw a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive and creative in the passing game. But if, if you don't have the personnel settled in just yet, you can't force it either. So I do think it, it goes both ways in that regard. But um, again, it just takes one kid, one kind of uh, adverse scenario to, to flip that perception. But uh, it is it is a bit of an ingrained perception, definitely across recruiting landscapes. Um, you know, kids understand that. Um, so it just it, it takes an individual recruitment to to go start to flip that. But it also does take time. All right. I got two more questions for you and we can wrap this thing up. The first one is with the transfer portal. And what are the expectations or what are you hearing? Is it going to be even heavier than what we've seen before? Or do you expect it to maybe kind of lean towards maybe more neutral now that it's been out there for a year? Or what are you hearing as far as transfer portal in these Power Five programs? I'm hearing it's going to be more hectic, more chaotic, um, because now there's a window, right? December 5th is the day we're all kind of waiting for in, in a lot of ways. And, and because last year taught us that it can get hectic beyond but beyond what you think, the convention, right? Convention tells us, why do you go in the portal? Oh, I want to go closer to home, uh, playing time, maybe a grad transfer, degree kind of situation, family situation. Right. But then last year taught us there is no there is no convention with the portal. It could be a starter. It could be an all-conference player that moves on with, with multiple years of eligibility. So uh, because of that, there is uh, a different level of expectation where not only are you keeping your head on a swivel to see who might be a fit for your team, you're, you're checking in on your guys more right. than, than you maybe ever have as a college football coaching staff. It's why roster management in this sport is more hectic than the NFL. And that's something that five years ago, you would never get somebody to admit. Now it's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, it definitely, it's much worse. So it, it's changed that much that we expect that fluidity to continue. Um, and then NIL has just flipped it on its head on top of that, right? The portal was was the appetizer, but NIL is, is the meal. And combined uh, right around recruiting season, it really puts puts the pressure on just about everybody involved. So there's going to be scenarios where great players move on. There's going to be scenarios where because great players have moved on now, your recruiting board looks different, right? Uh, prospect X thought he was going to start as a true freshman. You maybe promised him that. And then you bring in a, a, a transfer at that position. Now does he look around, right? You know, so right. there's, there's so many factors that are going to just be busted open because of that portal, uh, ahead of signing day that I think it's gonna it's gonna make everything very interesting for us on this side but very hectic for those on the other side absolutely I I definitely think 
it's going to be everybody all hands on deck. Like what is happening? Who's leaving? Who's coming? It's going to be crazy. I think it'll be a fun time for those who are covering the sport, but at the same time, you have to be ready by the phone. I'm sure, especially with you at all times to know what's going on now. Yeah, really. It's just about keeping up more so than finding, finding like what's next. It's just like, what just happened? That (laughs) part of it is going to be just as important, which, you know, we never talk about. So yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. Right. The final thing I have for you, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the recruits that Minnesota has officially committed at the time, but if you have, are there any names that stand out to you on the Gopher current commits as far as maybe who they, who's improved their stock this senior season and could maybe make immediate impacts? Well, I think I mentioned Taylor improving his stock. I think he is as well-rounded as uh, back as there is in that part of the country. Uh, he's up over 200 pounds now. Uh, so he's got the feel of a true big 10 running back. I, I think depending on how the rest of that running back room looks uh, in a year, which I guess none of us know, uh, I, I do think he's a, a guy who's going to have an opportunity, especially as an early enrollee to really come in and make an impact again, downhill confident. I, I like, I like his decisiveness as a runner. We, we get caught up in, can you juke someone in space? And that's great. You, you need that, but let's be decisive and, and pick up every available yard. And I think he's got a lot of, of that maturity within his game. And, and what fits right along with that, I love this O-line class. Uh, I think all those guys physically, all, what, all four, I think it is, mm-hmm. all physically right around 300 pounds or more, just physically ready to go, ready to come in and, and contribute. And again, if if you are a bit of a run first team, that's where that transition is a little bit easier for these offensive linemen, guys who can come in and run block primarily, which is what most of them do uh, more frequently in high school uh, that can help you in transition from one line to the next as well. So kind of that core group, I, I think is, is the one that I expect good things from early. Uh, but then, you know, you've got some, some nice balance uh, and some skill talent elsewhere that I think long-term are, are going to work out really nicely for the Gophers. Love it. Well, thank you again, John, for taking the time with us here at Locked On Golden Gophers. I'm sure we're going to have you back on sooner than later with all the seasons coming to a wrap and recruiting really kicking into full swing with the transfers, as we talked about, and with signing day coming up. Let's talk about our new friends over at Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is quality, convenience, and everything you need to deliver in an unforgettable holiday gift experience. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher since 1917. That's right, 1917. They go way back, and they have been thriving ever since. A holiday gift that is guaranteed to be loved. Now, the holidays are coming up, and you can achieve gifting greatness when you give the perfect gift of a perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha steak. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks put together a special curated gift package for you to help take away the guesswork of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use Locked On at checkout for a $30 off your order. Again, that's locked on at checkout and you will get $30 off of your order. Again, that's at omahasteaks.com.
All right, Gopher fans, we're going to finish this one off with the new transfer coming in, Marcus Allen, coming from Wisconsin. Not only did we beat them back-to-back and take the axe, but we've got Marcus Allen coming in, and he is someone to get excited about. Don't listen to any outside noise from Bitter Badger fans. We're talking about Marcus Allen, who he is as a prospect, and who he was as a wide receiver. Now let's talk about him. Let's talk about what he adds to this team. So you're adding him at the moment. Hopefully nothing changes, but we'll see what happens. We're adding him with Dalen Wright, Chris Ottman bell and Daniel Jackson, Michael Brown-Stevens, Lamecki Brockington, and Marcus Allen. That's a lot of depth at the wide receiver. Now, hopefully we'll capitalize on that by continuing to pass the ball with Ethan at the quarterback helm. We saw it in that Wisconsin game. Hopefully we'll see it in the bowl game as well. And we'll continue to see a more balanced approach as we move forward, which makes this a great addition. Marcus Allen is the type of wide receiver, 6'1", 6'2", about 215 or so. He can go up there and win a jump ball. That was something that was always a skill of his as he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He can win the contested catch. Now, our, our Gophers had some issues separating this year and creating separation in the route running. So if you can't build that, if you can't create that, but you have a quarterback that can throw tight windows, you have a quarterback that'll take the shots, then why not go get guys that will go up there and win the ball? And that is what Marcus Allen can be and can do. Similar to Dalen Wright. Dalen Wright has more speed elements, maybe more top-end speed to him, but the ability to go up and win the contested catch, make spectacular catches, and come down with the football is going to be a great advantage for this Gophers team. If Brevin Spanford is to come back, that means you have three guys that can go up there and attack the ball at the catch point. That's that's huge. And then on top of it, you have more of a stylistic route runner in Daniel Jackson to kind of offset or complement those guys as well. And Lamecki Brockington and Chris Bell, both route runner guys, both guys that can find themselves open across the middle of the field, you're starting to build a wide receiver room that has complementary pieces across the entire room. And that is something to get excited about with an upcoming quarterback who looks the part. So get excited. Now, what did Marcus Allen do in his time at Wisconsin? Well, he didn't get a whole lot of opportunities, but he did make seven catches in his time with Wisconsin for 91 yards and a touchdown. So you did see the production in there and he averaged 13 yards of reception this 2022 season and above 20 yards of reception in his true freshman red shirt freshman. Cause he only played three seasons or three games 2021 season three years of eligibility left still there for marcus allen and it is a good time to be a gopher fan good time to row the boat and that is the update with the crew so far there's going to be many more to come thank you for listening be sure to hit subscribe as we'll keep you updated here at locked on golden gophers this is kane rob signing off have a good one row the boat sky you go gophers